Good morning again. Well, that second good morning seems to have thrown you. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, my name is Michael Martin. I am Pastor Michael. I pastor at uh, Still Meadow Community Fellowship in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, I'm, as they would say, the proud pastor of Still Meadow Community Fellowship. And I'm happy to be here with you this morning. Uh, and uh, um, I don't want to create any tension uh, in any way, shape, or form, but the first service was glorious. <laughs> they were warm, they were responsive. Uh, I did a disclaimer. I told them that, you know, you know, when you're a guest somewhere, you try to accommodate yourself to where you are visiting. I'm obviously visiting here uh, and uh, have a great affection for your pastor, Pastor Trent, and was happy to be here today. But I spent the week uh, practicing not saying certain things, <laughs> right? So I didn't throw y'all off, right, or make y'all feel, you know, and so... Um, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, you may hear me, but I'm trying not to say, say amen, right? And then, you know, uh, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, bless God somebody, you know, and just, just go through my, my Baptist, you know, my black Baptist upbringing, <laughs> right? That's a whole nother thing. I don't know if y'all ready for that. So, you know, he's a, uh, um, but I, the, the, the one thing I do want to say that when I, whenever I go somewhere where, you know, it's a little, a difference between the stage and the, you know, where you sitting, um, I usually start off by saying something like this. Um, I come in peace, right? I mean, I, seriously, yeah. I come in peace. I, I, um, I affirm that there may be some obvious differences between us, but that there is just the fact that I'm here and you're here means that there is a supernatural commonality. So uh, I'm a Martin, Anna Jones. My grandmother's had a bunch of kids. And so I have a, a whole slew of aunts and uncles. I have a whole bunch of first cousins. Uh, I even know some of my second cousins now, right? And um, I'm, I'm very proud and very satisfied to be a Martin and to be a Jones. But that, that um, I don't know, when I, 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 I was about six or so when I came to know Jesus, and I came to know him seriously and have been the whole time. So my, my Martin Jonesness was important to me. When I came to know Jesus, it stumbled a little bit. You know, it just went down. Um, I like being black, just for the, I know, that makes you nervous, I, I get it. <laughs> but I enjoy who I am, I enjoy how I'm made, everybody should enjoy who they are and how they're made. But that's, that's down here somewhere. I love being an American, I love this country, I love our, our place of generally trying to do good around the world and, and operating in such a way that you know, we stand in the, in the gap of a lot of evil in the world. You realize that, right? We do. And so I love being an American. I love being black. I love being a Martin and a Jones. But nothing is like 
being a blood-bought child of the Most High King. Amen. All the mothers is down here, right? And so that's what, that, that creates comfort. I, am I going to be with some church folk? Am I going to be with some Christians? I don't care if they speak my language or not. I don't know if, I don't care if they laugh at different jokes. I don't, I don't, they love Jesus. You sure? I didn't mean for y'all to ask. I'm just saying, now that I put it out there, maybe it's better if y'all just, y'all do love Jesus. Uh, y'all didn't say nothing over there. All right, all right, so. But as a result, everywhere I go, I come in peace to the body of Christ and, and what he has done on our behalf. So today, um, this series, you know, we're talking about uh, characters. We're talking about characters and their character and what they're made of. And I get the privilege today of talking about Joseph, who is uh, uh, a type of Christ and uh, who, who in so many ways, because of that, uh, uh, demonstrates the, the wonder of the mercy and the grace of God, of being able to uh, stand in the gap, as it were. And we get towards the end, we'll read where um, he, it's, it's a quote and a statement about the fact that uh, many were saved, right? And he doesn't just mean his dad and his brothers in their household. He means all of Egypt was resolved because he was in a good place at the right time, but he got to the, get this with me now, I, I gave you some notes, you can, you know, for homework, et cetera, and so, but, but here's, I'm just, I'm going to talk this morning, I, I, that he was in the right place because he had been in, in hard places, and the only reason he got to be in the right place on behalf of all of Egypt and his civilization and all of Canaan and his civilization and all of his daddy's people, Jacob, and, and the whole family. The only reason that he ends up being, you do know something about this, right? That, that, that the only reason he ends up being the number two man in the whole empire of Egypt is because he had been in unhappy places not once, not twice, but time and time and time again. I, I, if I'm successful this morning, I will make the point, right? And you're going to help me with this, but we're going to make the point that, my goodness, he got dogged out constantly. I can say dogged out in here, can I? <laughs> he, he got, he, he was, his trust was violated. His youth was violated. His sense of family was violated. His, his respect and, uh, for authority and for fair play was just violated time and again. His ability to do good and, and do somebody, a, a, in effect, a solid or a favor, and then all they had to do was remember him when they got back into their job. This is the, uh, uh, the, the chief uh, cup guy. Um, I'm sorry, it, it, it doesn't say cup guy in, in the scripture. Uh, I, yeah, I'm getting older. Okay, so, but over and over. 
And so I, I think one of my goals this morning is that you think of yourself in the way, uh, in the wake and way of, of Joseph, who knew the difference, right, between this idea. I'm using kind of general, but the idea of, of, of restoring, which is kind of structured and, and not impersonal, but sort of, right? And reconciliation, which is intimate. And, and you're going to hear me talk about this in this way, that, that his brothers who had done him so wrong, they started, right, this, this cascade of do this boy wrong. And don't forget where he ended up. He ended up in an authority position. He ended up with a good deal of entrepreneurial uh, process. He ended up with a great deal of experiences. And he was ready for the moment that all of this land needed a brilliant person, number one, to understand what was going to happen, right? And so he used Pharaoh's, God used, and, and, and Joseph was there. He used Pharaoh's dreams and the interpretation of them to be able to say, this is what's ahead of us. And so that's one thing. That's one quote-unquote gift, right? To, to just be able to make the proclamation, to be able to prophecy about what was going to happen. But then, then, then he put on his, his Superman uniform and say, I can handle this. The Lord has given me, first he tells me what's going to happen, then he gives me the insight, the wisdom, which he gives me through the experiences I've been in. Man, come on, and, and the experiences I've been in were not prescribed to me based upon where I grew up, how I grew up my first 17 years, and, and what I was doing. I was a gentle man. I was a faithful man to my dad, to my family as it were. I was on um, a pathway of becoming, uh, you know, I was already my father's favorite son, but to, to, you know, be able to process and take over and, and be a part of this. But the Lord prepared me. He interrupted my normal arc. And he threw a bunch of junk in it. Which led me to be ready when he needed me. I, I bet you know something about this. I bet you know something about being betrayed. I bet you know something about being disappointed. And I bet you know something about being violated. I bet, I'm going to stop saying I bet. I'm sure that you know something about, right, uh, being disturbed and losing faith in other people. But do you know something about the rest of his story? Do you know something about, you know, I, I, I have in, in your notes about spiritual vitality, and, and my premise is that part of having spiritual vitality is having a healthy uh, God in me, me and a few, and me and a many, and me and me, and me and many kind of relationship. Joseph had an intimate, a healthy, and ongoing uh, God and me relationship. So that when others fumbled and when others failed and when others violated him, he could go back and look at God. He'd go back to God. He, you, my little example being a Jones, being a this and the other, if, if, if he is above everything else, 
then your expectation, Psalm uh, 62, I think it is, says, my expectation is in the Lord. In him alone will I trust. You know, don't you, that that's who and how Joseph was. And for us, if we trust too much, if our expectations are too high, that mama won't fail me, that my brother won't lie on me, that, that my job will reward me and, and, and uh, appreciate my sacrifices. You know what I have to say to that? You better stop that. I'm going to say this now. Somebody say amen. You better be prepared for people. Uh, what's a good uh, baseball analogy? Uh, 300 is really, really good. You get paid millions of dollars if you hit 300. Those of y'all don't know nothing about baseball. Uh, but if you have a, just an ordinary glove and you hit 125 all the time, you don't play major league baseball. You play minor league or you play on the weekends. <laughs> right? People are going to hit 125 in your life. They just are. Sometimes they're having a bad season. Sometimes it's who they are, which wouldn't be a problem except they're your brother or your mother or your cousin or your dad. Employers are going to hit weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, right? At times, they're, 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 they're going to grab your glory. They're going to lie on you. They're going to take credit, They're gonna, right? The deal that I'm going to be trying to get across, look, I'm going to be saying, just so that you know, that I'm going to be all the way up to the last minute that I uh, you know, talk. But what I'm going to be trying to get across to you is how we can look to Joseph as a Christ-like example that his, his eye was toward the glory of God all of his life life. So that when things, not if, but when mess happens, when people disappoint, when they lie, when, when I have already lifted my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. Nope. That's not what that means. My help comes from the Lord. I am expecting God to manage my career, to manage my life. Does that make sense to anybody? Amen? All right, I'm done. Uh, no. <laughs> let, me, let me just read for you uh, what he has to say. Uh, we're picking up uh, after, after their father has died, and uh, they big deal about it. Uh, in fact, they're, they're Joseph's reputation because of his consistency uh, of expecting God and not man and, and being deep in his, uh, what, his dignity and his integrity and being known for being consistent in that way. All of Egypt paid attention when this man had to bury his dad. And so they, a good contingency went with him to bury his dad in Canaan. And so after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had come up with him to bury his father. That sounds normal. But then something very abnormal that has to do with this thing of restoring versus reconciliation 
right, um, uh, uh, happens. Uh, next verse says, after he had be- uh, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, so they been they knew he was dead when they went to bury him, of course. But this is kind of a, a snapshot, right, a, a flashback. And so if, if this was a movie, they would flash back and show them talking to each other. And they would say stuff like this. It may be that Joseph will hate us. Think of still hates us, has the opportunity now. He would never do this with dad still alive. But he may feel like this is his shot to get revenge. So what happens? They said, it may be that he will hate us, he, he will hate us, and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. Oh, y'all haven't forgot, huh? You haven't forgot what you did to him. But, but everybody is. See, when, 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 when there's just restoration kind of, um, I'm, I'm using that in this context of, uh, or, or this mindset of where we agree to play nice. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We, we agree to get along. Uh, you, 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 you may or may not uh, have come to me with any genuality about um, um, your, your sincerity around. It's clear that they, I'll say, I'll say it's likely, I shouldn't say it's clear. It's likely that they apologized, right? It's likely I, there's stuff left out. You don't get the account of when they told their father in detail what they had done. Did they ever tell him that they spoke of murder? They ever explain everything surrounding this, that they literally sold him into slavery and then covered it up by covering up his coat of many colors with blood and showing that to the dad, oh, happening, it must have been a, right? What a cruel, what wickedness, what an evil approach to your brother. I don't care if he's your half-brother, your step-brother, your next-door brother. That's your brother. And you've done this to him and to your own father. Brokenhearted. When he meets uh, Pharaoh, uh, I think in the 49th or 48th uh, chapter, when, when Jacob meets uh, Pharaoh, when he, you know, uh, Joseph brings all his family, um, he asks him about himself, and he says, well, how old are you? He says, I'm 130 years, and he says something like this. I can't remember literally, but it's, and, and they've been hard years, full of sorrow and trouble. And if you know anything about this man's uh, family, if you know anything about his journey, he has had a hard time. Now, some of it he put on himself, but he's had a hard time. And for these last 13, 15 years, he has been in deep sorrow because the love of his life, Rachel, finally gives him this son, not through a surrogate. Joseph was his and Rachel's first child together. He loved his boy, doted on him, favored him. He went too far. But he was of age now, and it just, he, I guess he couldn't help himself. She wasn't here anymore, and he doted on him. He said, well, how old are you? I'm 130. It's been a hard time. It's been hard years. He, 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 he forgot to say, again, this is, hear this. He forgot to say, but I'm so happy to be with my son again. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes, you must know about this, sometimes, no matter what occurs, we spend too much time rehearsing the worst. Sometimes we spend too much time talking about what didn't happen as opposed to what did happen. How do you stand in front of Pharaoh, who has authority over everything, who's been smart enough to hire your son to save everybody? I'm not criticizing him, I'm observing. How do you not uh, make a statement, uh, maybe even a proud statement, about the reality that um, uh, you have your son back in your life, and now I stand before you needing help, but it's a lock because your number two man is my uh, number one son. There is a, there is a, I told the, the morning service, there is a, a Thanksgiving type attitude of restoration. It's like, we got to go to Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to be there, uh, generations. Uh, there will be people there that we can't stand, but we can't say it in front of mom and dad. And, uh, but some of these folks we don't like. Uh, well, that's what happens in Baltimore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that Pennsylvania is like paradise, so I, I'm sure it's not a problem out here. But in the rest of the civilized world, Thanksgiving here in America, so, uh, Thanksgiving can be a real issue. And, 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 and let me stretch this, not as much th- uh, Christmas, right? It's sort of like, if I'm going to use this, it's sort of like Thanksgiving is like restore. It's like, okay, we're, you know, we're here together. And Christmas is sort of like, it's more intimate. It's more sweet. The, the uh, purpose has more redemption in it. There usually are fewer people when, and you get to invite over who you want instead of seeing other people show up. Okay, so y'all do know what I'm talking about. Okay, I was going to try to explain more, but y'all get it. Stop playing with me like that. All right, so, right? And so, so these men had for decades, it appears, well, at least a decade plus, had been... And especially since they had seen uh, their their, um, brother. It was a couple of decades today. They were satisfied being restored, being in relationship, being around each other, uh, loving on each other's kids, but not being intimate with one another. And so, and I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on this because I want you to understand the point. The point is when the what they thought was the filter, what they thought was the protective uh, layer, died. And some of this is kind of, you're not even preparing for the future. They hadn't prepared reconciliation. So they're talking among themselves, bringing up stuff that they ignore and never talk about anymore. We got to do something. Joseph has power. Joseph has uh, resources. Joseph has authority. And Joseph <laughs> got a mad about us. And he now may have the opportunity. He has the opportunity. He may now feel that it's time. That would be true if he had stuck with just being uh, restored to their presence. But the times that Joseph cried, it, 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 
Those were tears of, of reconciliation. Those were tears of, I got my brothers back. Those were tears of, I got my messing up, wicked, but they my brothers back. And so nothing changed for him. Let's, let's go a little further. Let me see if I can be better at explaining. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Let me, if you don't notice already, let me just uh, assure you, they're lying. They're lying. They just thought, who's going to check them on it? Do you understand? Oh, you know what's going up, right? Who's going to check them on them? Jacob can't say nothing. Right? Absent from, he's with the Lord. Right? And, and, and uh, what can Joseph say? So they say to him, um, your father gave this command before he died. Right? Uh, 17 says, say to Joseph, like, like, like Jacob trusted them to tell Joseph something. I, I got to say this. It's like, you know how your kids do stuff and it's like, Oh, give me think of a quick example. You know how your kids do stuff like uh, your little, you know, two and a half, three year old uh, got peanut butter all over his face. And no, I wasn't in the cabinet. It, the peanut butter's on the floor, buddy, and uh, the jar is open. I don't know how that got there. <laughs> but what's that on your face? I think it was the cat. Right? It's like, you obviously, right? So here they are, like a two-year-old. Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. I'm, I'm projecting, but I'm going to say that this is not just based upon their reaction. I don't, I don't think they ever said that to him before. I don't think that there was this humility before. I don't think there was this art of reconciliation before, because there have been an art of reconciliation. Anybody hearing me? If there had been an art of reconciliation, there'd be no need for subterfuge. There'd be no need to lie and, and make stuff. There'd be no need to be anxious about how he was going to act after daddy died. The only reason you're anxious is because in your heart of hearts, you're worried about your well-being and you know that things are not reconciled. You know you haven't humbled yourself. You know you haven't been available. I, I, at the most you may have done is this thing of, uh, well, I apologize. I'm sorry for what happened. Can't you see them pulling them aside, uh, uh, you know, different times after they got, hey, look. This was, this was really not me. This was Simon and Levi. I never would have, uh, you know, I'm Reuben. You know, you know we were just playing around. But nobody going to kill you, boy. They're always playing, right? Instead of humbling, this is what occurs. Instead of the humbling nature of calling out my own sin, calling it for what it is. We're very good at this when it relates to the world and Jesus and salvation, aren't we? we want, aren't we? We want people to know that they must confess their sins, don't we? 
And the world has gotten more and more resistant just to the idea. In fact, now S-I-N is a four-letter word in the world today. Don't nobody want to talk about no sin. But for us in our own lives, we have to come to grips with when and meet our sin where it is. Why? So that we can be free. The situations can be free. Our families can be free. Our neighborhoods can be free. Our work environment can be free or freer. We want to be, be in such an environment that we are free and free indeed. Somebody help me this morning. We're free indeed. We're not, um, uh, we're not locked in. We're not in Christ, but then locked in to our prideful uh, disrecognition uh, right, of our blind spots, of the things that we won't deal with, of the people we won't deal with. I don't want to do that. Christ did too much for us to hang on. Those that the Son set free are free indeed. I love that. That's got to mean, you, you ain't just saved, you sanctified, set apart. You've been consecrated. You belong to him, and he is your image. You're looking to him, the author of your salvation, the author and finisher of your faith. You're not hanging on to this pride as these men were. So let me just show you this. So, so please forget the transgressions. Uh, of the servants of God, uh, of, uh, of the servants of the God of your father. Can you see what the next sentence? This is not rhetorical. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, can you see the next sentence? Okay, okay. So let me warn you what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to ask you to read out loud the next sentence. I'll help you. It starts with Joseph. All right? And I'm not, I have to do this at my church, so don't feel like I'm being... Uh, whatever that would be being. Um, I'm, but I'm going to say one, two, three, and this is the only one I'm going to ask you to read. We ready? One, two, three. Read it again. He wept. He cried. His older brothers are lying to him. He knows it. But they're also expressing fear that he's, he holds more valuable getting revenge than the idea of reconciliation with his family. And they're also implying something. They're implying that he's not been sincere, yo, these many years. So they're, they're calling him a phony when they're the phony ones. They've been acting, they've been putting their babies in his arms. Hey, Joseph. Uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, hold him. That's your nephew. And they only sort of meant it. Because what they, were, uh, what they seem to be saying is that we respect your power, but we don't respect your forgiveness. We don't even invest in it. Come, come on, let me just take you a few more. His brothers also came and fell down, so they've gotten a message. Uh, he, they sent this message, so they came. They hear he's crying. Again, he cries a lot about them. 
uh, over these years in the, in the um, uh, revival and the renewal. Uh, and so fall down before him and say, behold, we are your servants. They're still missing. I, I hope I'm getting it. They're, they're still missing it. He don't want servants. He got servants. I'm sure he had some kind of cold, like this meant something. <laughs> and there were people that know his clap. He's number two in Egypt. I bet. Mm, I know there were people who knew his clap over anybody else's clap, and he even knew the difference between his clap and Pharaoh's clap. He'd be like, he probably did a, uh, you know, a flamingo thing. <laughs> and these three people came. He does it with, a, with the right, with the what is this? Uh, my right leg, and some other dudes came. Like they knew. He didn't need more servants. He needed his brothers to be intimate, to be reconciled to him. And they're still proving that they don't get it because they're saying, oh, we bow down to you, little brother. Ain't what he wanted. Right? Here's what he wanted. Look, 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 look. He wanted them to believe God like he believes God. He wanted them to see God's grace and goodness like he saw God's grace and goodness. He wanted them to understand that God had been working him in him all along. He, he wanted them to understand that when he was in that ditch and he heard them plotting up above him, he, he looked beyond, he was terrified, 17, terrified, the voices of his brothers, terrified. But then he looked by them and was looking to God. He wanted them to understand that when he got to uh, uh, Egypt, uh, when he, when, 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 and he was sold to uh, Potiphar, um, he thought this may be okay. This is a good situation. And as, and as his stock rose, he just kept giving glory to God. Look at this. He, he wanted them to know that he got up every morning uh, taking uh, full comprehension of what was before him and did the best he could do even though he was now a slave. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Wherever you find yourself, whatever you, um, the world is doing to you, if you get up in the morning and you look to the Lord, the Lord looks to you. He's not He's not, um, he's not like normal people. He has all power, all authority, and he is working things together for your good. And good does not mean comfortable. Somebody say amen. Good and comfortable are not synonyms. He was experiencing good when he was in the ditch. He was experiencing good, overall good. I'm going to get to the, to the thing in a minute, and, and you'll prove it, and you're going to shout. I know y'all don't shout, but when I get to 21, y'all going to lose your mind for Jesus. Put your shoes on. God was in a ditch with him, but he was in a ditch. God was on the road to Egypt where he was, he was going to be sold, but God was with him. He was with him before Potiphar. He was with him when Potiphar's wife started checking him out over and over and over. He was with him that fateful day when she arranged for there to be nobody in the household, no other men, it says, but, but, uh, but uh, Joseph and her. Oh, God was with him when he left his coat and booked up out of there. Somebody say glory, hallelujah. Some men say glory, hallelujah. 
Amen. He did the right thing at the right time. He just kept on doing right things. God was with him uh, when he got promoted again and again and again. God, and, he, and, when it, and when people failed him, that's all I'm trying to say for us today. And when people failed him, he was already situated where he knew people, he loved people, but what he depended on was the goodness, the grace, and the power and planning of God. You can do the same thing, even if they're your relatives. You can accept them. You can love on them. You can reconcile with them. And when you reconcile with them, you can love them without trusting them. You don't see nothing in there about he trusted his brothers with his life or something or anything like that. He had authority over them. You can reconcile with folks and be careful of even your heart. So look at this last tomb when I'm done. So they say that, right? Go back, please, my sister. So they, they, you know, they fell down, we'll be your servants. Look at what he says in 19. Joseph said to them, do not fear, because I know that's where this is coming from. For I am I in the place of God, um, Is it my job to punish you? Nope, it's God's. Did you sin against me? I was deeply affected, but this goes to, right? And this is this thing of God and me, me and a few, me and many. This thing about me and God. I I have to make up my mind. I think about two things. One, who's saving me? Who's saving me? Who am I serving? And am I going to allow your mess to get in the way of my relationship with my Savior? But you don't understand what they did. I don't have to understand what they did. Does God understand? Well, yeah. Well, they go talk to him. Leave me alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're like, you're being so, but that's, that, you have to shake yourself sometimes. You ever sat with somebody and explained to them how much dirt been done to you? Huh? And you tell them again? You tell them at Starbucks? You tell them at Coffee Bean? You tell them at McDonald's early in the morning? They can now, you, you done told the story of how you've been wrong so often that now they don't let you tell the story no more. They tell it back to you. I can't believe that they would. I know, because they did this. And then they did this. And I feel so bad for you. I wish I could do something. I wish I could get out of this nightmare of you repeating to me. (laughs) What's been done to you? You need to tell somebody who can do something about it. You need to tell somebody who can do something about it. You need to tell somebody who can do something about it. What I'm saying is, you need to tell somebody who can do something about it. If I was, had more time, what I would tell you is, you need to tell somebody who can do something about it. And in, and in finality of this point, I'm going to say, you need to take the person who has the power to do something about it and tell them. And if they got the power to do something about it, they are liable to be irritated if you keep telling them what happened to you. God is like, I, yeah, I know that. I got a plan. 
Will you hang around till chapter 50? Y'all ain't even understand what I'm saying. Huh? Read the rest of the... the, the I, I can't give you a preview, Joseph, but if you get your... Man, I'm getting ready to shout right up in here in... Uh, where, are we at? where are we at today? West Shore. This stage getting ready to have a holy dance. This stage going to lose its mind. But... <laughs> I know God knows. He says, I'm in, I'm, am I in the place of God? Y'all gonna, y'all have to deal with this with God. You know, you need to say, try this phrase more in your life. It seems like, after you get through telling your brother who he is and what he ain't and how he treat mom and dad and so forth and so on, try this as the ender, the, 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 the honey on top or the, the cherry on top. This is between, this appears to be between you and God. I don't said stuff, probably said too much. This is between you and God. I am reconciled. I'm willing, I'm able, I'm available. My heart is already in the right place for reconciliation. That has to meet your willingness for that. But the, everything is between you and God. We say this thing at our church sometimes, talk less, pray more. Come on, you can say that with me. I know. I'm, I ain't going to be back, so y'all ain't got to worry about it. Uh, so shout it this time. Oh, that starts to feel good. It might get inside somebody. One more time. Oh, when you're praying, you're asking God to intervene. You're giving God your attention. You're giving him the authority over your heart that you have control over. You're giving the circumstances to him. You're giving your relatives to him. Do you think it was magical that Joseph was so free? He had bad days. He had bad nights. He had bad mornings. Did you ever wake up and I don't know where I am? How many days did he have? How many nights did he cry himself to sleep? But he never got stuck. Never. As for you, he says to them, that's between you and God. As for you, you meant evil against me. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not whiffy-piffy Christian. Um, I'm going to tell y'all the truth about this, right? Y'all were evil, and you meant evil. You set up this whole program. You were evil, but God, but God, but God meant evil. It, can y'all see that? For good. To bring about, to bring it to, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And again, I was telling you in the beginning, he means them, but he means the whole region. This one 17-year-old who's been dumped and Put against by his own flesh and blood, his own brothers, half may they be. They're his brothers. God was taking what was evil and he was going to use it for good so that many could be saved. Do you have a testimony? You ought to be shaping it and reshaping it and you ought to be telling it every place you can. I mean, don't be obnoxious. But tell, them every, tell the story of, instead of just complaining, tell the story of God's healing. But ain't everything right yet. Tell what's right.
Tell, look, don't even tell about them. Tell about you. Tell that you, you still holding on to the grace of God. Tell them that you still got peace that passes all understanding. Tell them that the joy of the Lord is your strength in a dis, dysfunctional situation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you still, I'm all right. My mama ain't. My daddy ain't. Well, I don't think he is because I don't know where he is. My brothers ain't. My sisters ain't. My, uh, I met with a guy the other day that's talked about his whole family. Had fallen in love with drugs. He's the only one who has some sense. And I, 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 I wish I hadn't even brought that one up. I, I don't mean dramatic stuff like that. I mean simple, ordinary stuff like uh, your brother stole your social security number. Somebody say, I'll trade, amen, or something. Anyway, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive, and they are today. And then here's the last verse. So do not fear. I love God. I love you. And I'm not holding you accountable for yesterday. I have res resolved that in my your sin is not so big to block out the S-O-N. I still see him clearly. Every morning he rises again. Every night he puts me to sleep in peace. I will not allow who you are. I will not allow your evil. I will not allow your behavior to overcome the cross. Just got through with Resurrection Sunday. Nothing is bigger than the empty tomb. Nothing is bigger than the glory of God at work in my life. Nothing is bigger than my salvation. Not my ethnicity. Not my family tree. Whatever it is. Not my national, you know, relationship. None of that is more important than what Jesus has done for me. It says, uh, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He, he made it clear that he wasn't just restoring, he was re reconciling. That they meant something to him. Man, you know, uh, a little thumbnail uh, description or definition for grace is God's love for the pitiful. Pause for a minute and think about the pitiful people in your life. Grace. Grace. You don't go and put your checking account, put them back on your checking account or nothing. Right? I say grace. I didn't say crazy. I say grace. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? but you don't have any ought against them anymore. You're so focused on the grace of God in your life that you can't help, good Lord, but let it spill over as you interact with other people. He comforted them. He spoke kindly to them because all he had in his heart was comfort and kindness. Heavenly Father,
I just, I know these people are uh, courteous and kind and considerate and friendly and gentle uh, in their interaction with me and my wife, Gail, this morning. But I don't know, I don't know their past. I don't know their hearts. I don't know the, I don't, I, I, it, it's sort of like with uh, Joseph, Lord. When people saw him in his, in his full regalia, when, when they saw him, you know, on his, whatever he had, his little, his second in command throne, when they saw him on his chariot, when they saw him being served, when they saw him in his elegant home, they didn't think about, oh, he must have been wounded. He had a broken life. They just saw him winning. But he had a lot of hurt that had come into his life. but he didn't let the hurt that came into his life absorb his life. He understood the principle, even though it hadn't been written yet. He that the son sets free is free indeed. Lord, this morning, maybe this ain't for everybody. Maybe Trent going to get some emails. Uh, the rest of them was all right, but that Baltimore guy, don't you have him back here? But there's somebody, Lord, that this was just the right unscheduled appointment. And I ask you to give them courage to stay in this arena and let the reconciling work of Christ work in them and through them. Give them courage. Give them, let them be, let them sustain and give them Give them strength. Don't let them talk themselves out of what you've been saying to them in these few minutes. Change somebody's life. Change somebody's saved life. Introduce them to the wonder of not just being free, but being free indeed. If you want to pray, uh, after, uh, at the end of service, somebody will be up front. You might want to confess something or ask help for something or seek something. Amen.